0: Welcome back to the Lenton Rouge Cycling Podcast for the recap of UAE Tour Stage 2, the individual time trial around Al-Hudyariyat Island, 12.1 kilometers long. It is pancake flat and uh, it's not an out and back, it's a, a loop with actually a few sharp corners in it and intermediate time check about halfway through the time trial about six and a half minutes in. But very, very... I think important wind conditions for this course it seemed as they went northwest the uh they had a bit of a headwind and then it was much quicker on the way back home uh even despite having much more corners in the in the final part of the course at least i've got it correct so important tt for gc no no one like Really, from the top five of worlds last year. No Tiling, no Remco, no Ghana, no Banat uh, level sort of TT riders. Uh, but yeah, is there. We're looking at the, the start times for all the riders, Benji, and we can't really figure it out. Normally, what's the normal go with a TT that isn't a prologue? You just go in order of your GC position.
1: Yeah, opposite to the order of GC, if I recall correctly. Um, there is a specific rule that if it's a a prologue or a first TT or whatever, then you can choose, but I also think there's an adaption to that rule where the world champion needs to start last or something, something in that area, but if it's stage 2, you on paper go in the opposite direction of GC, so the last rider in GC goes first. But apparently that was not the case today, because one of the riders in the time trial said that after the stage, they uh, they chose their order of their team based on the weather conditions and the weather conditions that said rider said will we'll spoil towards the end of the podcast who that rider was, but he said that there was supposed to be more win towards the end of this time trial. And I, I'll be honest, I felt like there was a bit of a difference between the first Riders and the last Riders in the time they took in the first half versus the last half. Just visually, but I couldn't tell it from like the flagpoles at the finish line, whether the wind that picked up or nothing. So I don't know. I don't know if it really picked up, but it might have.
0: Yeah, we don't have uh, anyone on the ground with a, a wind measurement device on five different sections of the course. But it seemed like UAE had the correct forecast, having McNulty go early. He wins this TT by two seconds ahead of his teammate, Jay Vine. And another two seconds to third, Mikkel Bjerg. So UA lockout one, two, three. All of those riders went uh, earlier than I would say favorites, uh, other contenders to the stage like Cavagna, Johan yep. Price Pedersen, Tobias Foss. Uh, and yeah, very, very strong TT from McNulty. Adam Yates, their teammate, finished 28 seconds down. I did think he'd be a little bit. Yeah. Uh, better a little bit quicker closer to sort of the 10th uh, region but still a good day for UAE overall that's why I got the the USA uh, t-shirt on for this uh, yeah for American World Tour victory and McNulty's first uh, TT victory outside of the uh, United States National Championships time trial and his third World Tour victory overall so yeah he's got to be happy with that
1: but we have to say, before this UAE tour started, it was a bit of a bland play when it comes to GC. We saw Adam Yates as the, the guy that was going to destroy people on Jabal Hafid would do a relatively good DT. But can I add some spice? Can I add some optional friendly fire in the coming days? As in McNulty, Vine, Biel. Obviously, Biel not really the, the GC rider of those three. Vine and McNulty are relatively co-leaders in one-week races, I'd say, for UAE Team Emirates. On paper, Adam Yates is going to destroy everyone on Jabal Hafid. But can we see something like Jabal Al-Aqdar, where we might have Adam Yates now riding a bit more defensively, knowing that McNulty and Vynor ahead of all the rest of the competition in GC?
0: I think it's more like what happened with finger guard on tourmalade no doesn't yates now with such a big gap go early on her feet
1: well i think he goes early anyway but
0: (laughs) Uh, well it to me it looks like they're they're the three gc riders and they they can lock out the gc podium yeah and you you can't ask mcnulty with such a big time gap to yates 28 seconds you can't ask him to sacrifice his gc position and then vine Twenty six seconds ahead of Yates. Is he really gonna like? Especially for this team, it's a big race. Uh, just sacrifice his GC position. They got Evo Oliveira here, and Biag yeah, can do a good pull on Jabel Jais or the base of her yeah. feet, for example. So they do have. Who else they got here? Ua Hodge or oh, Oliveira? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it kind of is. All those three now looking for to be in the on the GC podium at the end. They got Langen, uh, as well. But yeah, that Yates gap if it was 12 seconds, 15 seconds, then I'm like, her feet, you take the 10 bonies, he'll get a 10 to 15 second gap. But now GC looks a lot closer, especially with the Uni Puerto McNulty's done really, really good work so far this year. It's not so clear that Yates will run away with this.
1: What I do think about now is how will other teams take on those riders. I know we're like trailing about the GC instead of the TT, but we'll get into the TT in a second. But if you're, for example, a Bilbao or an Elon von Wilder or you're a, well, Reiner Kaplinger could also be one of the GC candidates on on Bahrain. If you're Bahrain Victorious, who had a good time trial here, Kaplinger in fifth, but he's not a GC rider in seventh, Bilbao in eighth, Kaplinger top 10 in Valenciana. Bilbao is yeah. a good GC rider. We know those Those two riders can climb. Those two riders can top 10 this race, will bow can podium this race. But is your strategy not, instead of setting a super high tempo with, well, maybe set a high tempo with the team you have and then attack with one of your two leaders, maybe Keplinger first, hoping that UAE sends one of their riders there to somehow find at least one rider on the podium?
0: Yeah, that would be the the play is to have like, use the UAE, uh, riders playing numbers against them, and so UA yep. will still win the race because Keplinger is not... He lost 44 seconds to McNulty <laughs> on that Valenciana mountaintop finish, and he'll lose... He'll get dropped by Yates on her feet, but you're right. If if they can get in a situation where he can attack do his pace, the others in Group 2 don't pull at all, maybe he can get into, into third uh, if Vine has to defend. But in the reality... Or three could just jump on his wheel, frankly, yep. and then attack him later. So <laughs> it's going to be really tough. But because not only uh McNulty is doing better watts uphill than everybody, he's now got a TT advantage, a significant one of of 19 seconds on Bill Bow and uh 17 seconds on Van Wilder. So especially with those guys not really having teammates, I'm sure O'Connor, who did a very very good TT, actually finishing. He also did it in the, we're just going to assume it's the you know less preferable weather conditions. We don't know that for sure, yeah. but he came ninth in this TT. I was not expecting that on a flat TT, so that's a good start for him. Uh, only 20 seconds behind McNulty and eight seconds ahead of Adam Yates. But uh, just diving back into the TT, it looks like or oh, the, the, the T1 was slower, so T1... McNulty was over a kilometer an hour quicker than second, which was vine to T2 uh, to T1, sorry, and, and Bjerg was to also there at, in third at T1. So either McNulty did a positive power split where he tried to push more watts uh, comparatively in the harder section and slower section, or he got better wind conditions or both. Perhaps both. He even mentioned in the interview afterwards, yeah, they, they had a good forecast. Uh, and then he was sixth from T1 to the finish, McNulty. But he, So he lost six seconds to, uh, uh, to Vine there. He also lo- he did the same time as Foss there, a little marginally slower. So he set a stall out early. And then if I look down, Van Dyke is, is sort of similar. Van Dyke was slower to T1 to the finish, yep. and he was top 10 to T1. So maybe there is some truth. Same with Zylard. If you look at Zylard, 6th to T1. So maybe, and then 37th, T1 to the finish. So option A, he completely stuffed up his pacing plan. He also went earlier, by the way. Or option B, he had better wind conditions. Uh, or option C, both. So, um, <laughs> but listen, there's, that's not luck you yep. it's not luck. if you have the better for if you know the forecast you put your riders in the best slots and then they perform that's part of this
1: exactly that's an important factor and then you look at tobias foss who who goes at the end of the time trial and you see in his time trial that he doesn't lose any time in the second half of the tt compared to McNulty. but in the first half he's basically losing, i think around 14 seconds yeah. roughly so you see that in the harder part he's losing more time and then you ask yourself if it's different wind conditions, if Foss would have started earlier, would he have been closer to McNulty? We don't know that. It depends on whether there actually were different wind conditions or not. A lot of ifs in this one. But I will say, when it comes to Elias Foss, I think it's time that we kind of put the World Championships performance aside and look at Foss with a new baseline of being a top five to top ten World Tour ITT rider. Because if we keep comparing Foss's ITTs towards world champion winner, then we'll never be happy with his performances. We'll always be disappointed.
0: But also, I think it's realistic to, in this field, on the Ineos setup, he signed as a TT first GC prospect. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that unrealistic to expect him to win this. Like, I know, I know, I accept, if he lines up against Ganna, Remco, wow, I can, you shouldn't be like, can you win today? Like, in World Champs, I agree, I agree, but this is a very weak field, Benji, McNulty's never won uh, a TT outside of National Champs, as I said, Jay, uh, no, I'm not saying they're bad TT riders, but they're Mm -hmm. not specialists either, Jay's a good TT rider, won Australian National Champs, but he also, he hasn't won uh, a TT outside of that, Bjerg is... He won Dauphine TT last year, don't get me wrong, but he, uh, he also is not frequently in the top three of World Tour TTs either, yep. especially flat ones. So two seconds ahead of Keplinger. I acknowledge maybe Keplinger had better wind conditions, uh, but is probably on 50 grand, and <laughs> I don't know how much they've spent. Bahrain did a good TT today, but the last two years, their TT setup's been shit. Yep. And so the money in their TT setup has been invested. He's not the same as Ineos and Visma Lisa Bike. Also, Lemon not a good TT today. Uh I know he's listen. He's a neo pro, not a neo pro. He's on him about health, but he's thirtieth. I was expecting more from him. Uh, and they their best rider was was Van Dijk. So maybe they got the weather prediction wrong, or the riders weren't good enough, or the setup wasn't good. Uh But yeah, they also they didn't have a good TT today at all. Visma Lisa Bike, but. Yeah, on your with Foss, Benji, isn't that the point that, like, why is Joshua Tiling at Grand Camino? Doesn't he clean this up? He on paper does. I agree.
1: Like, uh, no, like
0: uh, by, by 10 seconds?
1: Camino has a TT. He's probably going to win the TT, but he can also win the UAE Tour TT. And yeah, Camino's a 2.1. Exactly. So I'd rather see him in, in a World Tour ITT. But hey, looking at the Foss performance, I just think that, you're right, he he signed at a value that he should be winning these time trials. Most likely. But also, to me, he looked... It, is it just the difference between wearing a yellow kit and a black kit, or did he look more lean?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't compare. I mean, maybe maybe he's in fantastic shape, and we'll see that on Ja'Eesui and, and her feed. And, and yeah. you know, it's, it's, it is the first race TT he's done with the teams. But... um. So you don't want to, but yeah, it's compared to the prologue in Romandy last year. I was thinking, well, if he does that performance, he should uh, he should be going closer. Also, McNulty McNulty's flying at the moment, so he's tough to beat, and he had probably has a better win slot, uh, as we're guessing. But yeah, on that point with Tarling, it's not he probably still win, but that's not <laughs> a flat. T, it's not a flat TT t in uh, yep. in Grand Camino. It's an out and back, as well some uphill. So but uh, if you can take a world tour win, like all teams should be going for as many world tour wins as possible. So I'm, for sure. I was, I'm surprised to not see uh, Tarling in the UAE because there's no Ghana here either.
1: It's not just Starling. There's there's many PT riders that could be at this race that are not at this race that I would I would be like, oh, it's a world tour win that you could actually fight for. And I feel like that's a recurring team this year, right? Where we have the feeling that some riders are going to. Races that we're not expecting them to perform or not going to races where we expect them to perform. We have Starling in this case. We've got the likes of Peterson with the opening weekend. Like that, we had like, I swear I've had like a list of 10 riders in the last week that that thought has come up with me in, in the last few. Days. Like the Delina not going to Kurna. I think that's on the same page. I think our riders. Focusing so hard on their main goals that they're leaving victories that are valued at something to decide at the cost of potentially not getting that big win?
0: Yeah, like Kung, for example. I, I can understand Kung not doing UAE Tour because he wants to do opening weekend. Yeah. That makes sense to me. But yeah, like Ghana doing Algarve against Remco instead of here, or Tarling doing Grand Camino. Instead of opening weekend or UA tour, the scheduling decisions in terms of maximizing wins don't make much sense to me. Now maybe there's a uh, a plan in place that we're not privy to, obviously, uh, as well, so that means there's it's not optimal to do UA. Maybe the travel or or the lack yep. of difficult stages, because Algarve obviously had a lot more difficult stages than they have in the UA tour. I don't know. But it was, compared to previous years, as I've said before, uh, not to take anything away from McNulty, but I was surprised other teams didn't line their riders up. for a, It is a World Tour win. But McNulty, maybe they wouldn't have been able to beat him because he's flying at the moment. One GC at Valenciana, which was his uh, biggest GC win to date. He would not won uh, He won Sicily back in 2019, but then winning Valenciana had of Vlasov and Hindley and Co., and then now winning this TT and perhaps even winning this race overall, he could win his first GC World Tour win. I'm not sure Yates will be able to put enough time into him unless he takes bonies on Jace. So, is, is GC McNulty here, Benji? Is GC
1: McNulty here? Of course.
0: But not, no, no, not for you. I mean for European races. Do you believe in GC McNulty? Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay.
0: Well, yeah, obviously for GC here, he <laughs> looks almost a favorite now.
1: Yeah, he, too, well, I still believe Adam Yates will win the race but i agree that they're probably gonna clean the podium now (laughs) yeah but that being said gc mcnulty oh it's a difficult one as in a one-week race in february plus podiuming uae tour is a first step towards it i would say i think his consistency in Grand tours is still lacking i want to see it at a higher level one week race first whether it's a dauphiné whether it's a swiss swiss is maybe one where. We could see something like that. And would you reckon that Parinese is the one that we're looking at for McNulty? Because he's going against Jorgensen and so forth against I don't i completely forgot what the star list of Parinese looks like, by the way, but <laughs> it's, Roglic. It, it's the kind of parkour where I would expect if McNulty wants to be a GC rider he should be doing well.
0: Yeah, there's uh ooh, there's the Mont That's a tough one for me. But there it's a really good parkour for mcnulty uh notwithstanding uh rain and crosswinds, which i don't think is his uh his best thing, but yep. there is there are no long climbs and there are a lot of steep uh seven to twelve minute climbs where he is an absolute killer so i think uh i think it's a really really good parkour for mcnulty there's a team time trial uh u a e will who they have. Pretty good TTT team, uh, but there's also Almeida yeah. there. I, I, think even, I think an ITT would have right. actually, frankly, been better for him.
1: For the team of UAE in general, because they are going once again with Almeida, Sivakov and Vine in there, and McNulty, and isn't Paranese the, the race where they've got the TTT where you can finish with a solo rider now? Is yeah, that now yeah, the new yeah. rule there?
0: And Poggy so- did drop like a wild bomb at the end sprinting.
1: <laughs> Yui, do you remember it's Condunas it with four leaders at the start?
0: This can be good. I I think <laughs> I, I think they should send Vine to Toreno because like I, why I mean it's only provisionable. Why are there six climbers on this list? Do they do they know that the race starts it's called the race to the sun for a reason. The weather's dog shit the first three days, and there's usually crosswinds south of Paris. And it's yeah. and it's shit. And so I wouldn't send six summer riders who are like, who are climbers. Uh would you would, expect Bullet here? Yeah, I don't know where he's going, but um I would especially because Vine, I would send Vine to Torreno and uh and probably one of Civicovar Almeida to Torreno, and then yeah. Finn I would send to Paranese because he's better on the ten minute climbs uh than the long ones after high fatigue yeah. like in Toreno. So uh it's kind of like their tour team. I like. There's, there's half the race that this team isn't uh, suited for. Uh, but yeah, that's I don't know why we're doing a Paris preview. I guess there's only so much you can talk about it. UAE, <laughs> UAE UA World Tour time trial. Uh, but no, it is McNulty does look for these one weeks. It it makes sense. Like it all. It makes sense that McNulty with a, a shitload of power. He's not sixty kilos. He's more like seventy. He can do a good TT. He's done extremely good climbing performances before in like Fort Ardèche or Peregoud stage. It makes sense that he can be, he should be a good one-week uh, World Tour GC rider. So we'll see that here and maybe we'll see that in, in uh, Paris-Nice. But anything else you want to pick the bones out of this TT, Benji? Anything else that surprised you positively or negatively? I've mentioned, uh, I would say O'Connor is a positive uh, and Armirels are positive, although their time keeps changing. Uh, Connor's eleventh now, but um yeah, any anything else that stands out for you?
1: I think once again, confirmation that Ivan Romeo is looking relatively good this year. Getting a top yeah, 10 in this good. time trial is a, is a good sign. Outside of that, I think, uh, I think we can leave this time trial to a side and talk about tomorrow's stage, which
0: is on paper. A, oh, a bit on Romeo, okay. It is so funny that Spain can only produce climbers, like, <laughs> even if they're created in the wrong body. Lascano and Romeo are climbers, but they're just really <laughs> like, like if you look at their power curve. <laughs> the, the problem is he's 193 centimeters tall, and Lascano is like 8, 78 kilos as well. Like they can only produce climbers. Uh, I think and it's, you had Nelson Oliveira. He's not Spanish, Portuguese, but then on other yeah. style. Like I think Romeo is like Nelson Oliveira region. Um. I think those two Lascano and Romeo looks so good. He looks do not be surprised if he top fives Jais or even Hafit. He is that good Jace Jais in particular is a really, really good climb for him. So I can't wait to see how he does there. So great signing for uh for Movistar. But yeah, otherwise to pick the bones out of this TT, um Valter lost a lot of time and Lemon yep. lost a lot of time. So them coming top five. In GC, doesn't look uh, doesn't look like it'll be happening. I think Valter came. I, don't know. I thought Lemon might come or Volta come top five, but that's not happening. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow stage, Benji. Tomorrow
1: stage is a uh, Jebel Jais, so that is a uh, the lighter of the climbs when it comes to the UAE Tour. It's basically a unipertal stage again, which means 140 kilometers of flat, and then we start a uh, a 19 kilometer 5.6 percent climb. It's a very steady climb, and it has a bit of a a flatter ending, which means that if you come with... It, it, it is possible that you've got a group sprint at the top. Uh, we've had this in years before, but last year it wasn't the group sprint. We had Ainer Rubio, the legend himself, the Colombian on, uh, on Movistar, have a of a moment where he was just in front of the peloton and extended the gap. and Torres let kicked. him out. <laughs> Torres, yeah. A uh, bit of a, a climbing tug buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a hell of a performance, but... How I'm looking at it right now, if we take a look at GC before the stage, we've spoken about it a number of times. UAE's in there with multiple riders at the top. And if I'm other teams, then I would consider the the possibility where if you if you are Ivan Romayev, for example, you see the team of UAE and you don't see many domestiques on the climb. <laughs> you see Mikael Bjerg. He's there. But will he be able to control the entirety of Jabal Jais? No, no. So. Would you try another ainer rubio but the problem then is if you do that he has enough right is that they can actually just follow any attack with a leader every time
0: that's what i would do yeah it's, if like romeo goes you you put vine on his wheel or yates on his wheel and then yep. you're you're sitting pretty <laughs> pretty like mcnulty vine and yates yates i think Rubio won last year, Remco won the uphill sprint, but it was Yates third and second behind Remco who's fast in these finishes. So like Yates can win this stage. McNulty can win this stage. Vine can win this stage if they attack and play their cards right. Like Bingergaard won on this finish by going with like one and a half k's to go or so, maybe even less when Lushenko was solo. So the break can also win depending, But I think that's unlikely, but Lushenko nearly won. He was battling into a headwind, I think, when he was in the breakaway. Back in, can't remember, 21, maybe. I uh, think so. so it's Van Wilder. They got Jan Hirt. Jan Hirt maybe makes the climb hard and thins it out for Van Wilder. Van Wilder won on Foyer or Malhau. Like Ooh. he's got a decent
1: kick on this Bro sort of lost, finish. Bro lost a minute 12 in the TT. Van
0: Wilder or Hirt? <laughs> Hirt. Hirt, yeah. Van Wilder did a really good TT. Yeah. So, so yeah, Hirt will be uh, to his side and. Maybe they'll go, if I was them, I would make hit pace and try and get rid of one of the three UAE riders and get Van Wilder some bonies uh, would be, because then then he'd be on. Yeah, he he'd, it's just, that's what I would do, try and get him on the podium of this race, uh, and he's good for this finish. Uh, is there anyone else who do you think wins tomorrow? I feel like
1: UAE can't lose this stage. But if they do, it's gonna be some like random attacking guy that they're gonna be underestimating or not responding to, like
0: Simon Carr or something. Sure, he did a decent TT for his size. Uh, that's my feeling about it. Simon Carr. That can could beat certainly happen.
1: UAE in an uphill sprint Rier? If we take a look. yeah, but who's gonna so lead Bauer out their sprint? uphill sprint is UAE will lead out. Wow, that's a good question actually. J Vine, I reckon, is gonna do the lead out of the tree.
0: I think so. You, can't, to, you but... can't make the leader's jersey do it. McNulty and Yates, they, they want to keep for her feet, so probably yeah. Vine, but then he, Vine's 26 seconds ahead of Yates on GC. Yeah. Well, you have so, to choose
1: someone eh, as a team. To responsibly as team leader, as like a team manager in the car, you have to choose someone here.
0: Yeah. I would... Uh... Who am I going to go with? <laughs> I'm going to go Wait, with Ben O'Connor. Ben O'Connor is going to do the Vingegaard flyer and win. He looks in good shape and he, he always has cojones to go.
1: Good, I think Vingegaard has a solid sprint. Yeah, yeah. Good sprint. I reckon I'm going to go for him.
0: That's ah, a nice pick. And he really fits the Vingegaard 21 trajectory. Yeah. Maybe not winning the tour the year <laughs> after. but <laughs> <laughs> No, but he's in that phase, right? Where yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's maybe distressed. Well, the problem is he beat McNulty. So McNulty knows who yeah. he is. He beat him in the Yorker.
1: I think van Eidveld just has a better sprint in my head than Carr, so the likelihood of him winning is more.
0: Yeah, and 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 van Eidveld is in, he's a good climber, he's a really, really good yeah. rider, so he, okay, you're going with him, like, what, Vingegaard style, or literally from the bunch? Both. Both? I'm going O'Connor. <laughs> O'Connor, I remember he won that uh, La Molina, or he won in, yeah. in Catalonia, he always has the cojones to go for it. And yeah. so I'm going O'Connor uh, to win this stage after a good TT. Uh, Yates might tag him. And then I actually think Yates should be the favorite for this stage. I think Yates, yeah. he will be wanting to get some time back, I would say. Uh, and he'll be aggressive even here. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to watch it. It's the first, what, long mountaintop finish of the season tomorrow. E- I actually like Jais. Roughly. I think Jais is actually more interesting than feet some of the time
1: i um well this year i don't know actually it depends on on which which year because i don't know man no nah, I, I won't. i won't accept that i won't accept accepted
0: i won't accept that fair enough uh but yeah i'm looking forward to watching it tomorrow is there any other news that's popped up in the last i guess 24 hours benji uh not
1: really i, I think i heard some news about the update on the, um on the points from andalusia as in- uh, yes they would only be getting 20 points from the stage itself which it's it's not 220 so uh, i reckon if if i'm a spectator and i'm saying okay it, it doesn't deserve 220 points i'm fine with whatever the uci decides uh, reducing it is a good decision but if i'm lotto i'm probably complaining behind the scenes because that's a serious bite
0: well it is there's two sides to it right because oh well how can you get so many points for five car those teams stayed there all week. Yeah. They sent good riders there all week. Like, and, and Van Hills was trying to, he tried to go to VAR, but his flight got delayed and he couldn't because they want the points and they just also need the racing. So yeah, I, I see both sides to it.
1: Van Hills' flight was, he, he, he missed his flight because he had to go to the GC ceremony that they're not no, giving his points no way. For. Yes.
0: Fuck, that's on the nose, isn't it?
1: but that being said that story aside my issue with their decision from the uci is that it's completely unbased on actual rules because it's either a one-day race or it's either a stage race you can't have a stage race with one day according to the rules itself so they're just
0: inventing a rule on the go which yeah they basically just made it a stage (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, that <it> doesn't
0: exist. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I do think it's unfair to all the teams. Like, the teams went there wanting, they sent and scheduled riders based on points yeah. and, and race. So, it is when you Give actually it think about it a bit more.
1: Of a one-day race. I don't care if it's a 1.1 one one or a 1.0 Pro. 1.0 Pro is the most logical, but that's a lot of points.
0: Yeah, I think 100 points is fair.
1: Yeah, I think 1.1 one uh, one is 125 or something.
0: That's fair, I think. Otherwise, he, if he, and also he didn't know that in advance, did they? Yeah. That's the, also the unfair thing. If they were told on Thursday this is you're gonna get twenty UCI points, yep. I guarantee he would have got sent to Classic VAR and the and then the stage race. I guarantee it.
1: What's the point of a UCI commissary being at the race if it's not for making a decision like that on the moment?
0: I guess because it was changing so much. Like it was a stage race and then it was only last minute. So it was a changing scenario. Yeah. But I, I agree it's a little bit unfair on those teams that stayed there. And, you know, Bahrain sent, like, Paul's, Pools, Korea yeah. like a good team too there as well. Uh, other news, Eddie Dunbar, he was out. He's out of the UAE tour after breaking his hand in a crash. The, the big yeah. crash yesterday. I feel like he broke his hand or hurt his hand last year before the Giro as well. So I don't know if it's the same hand. Uh, but, yeah, exactly. but he was... Pardon?
1: Fractured hand, uh, Valenciana last yes. year. Yes.
0: So that's literally two weeks apart in the same same period of the uh, two. Oh, sorry, in the same period of the year, two years in a row, he is doing the Giro d'Italia. So that will change his uh, preparation. One would think, at yep. least with Eight a fractured weeks. hand, you can you can go on the trainer. Uh, I think so.
1: You've done that last week, huh?
0: No, no, oh. my hands are good. well. They're not fractured. They're just,
1: <laughs> true. <laughs> Close enough.
0: <laughs> I don't get paid enough to go on the trainer for more than an hour so <laughs> the weather's too good outside i'm spewing um anyway that's uh that's all the news hope you enjoyed the ua tour uh tt recap and we'll see you with the Jubal Jays recap tomorrow until then